This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. But in Missouri, and this Missouri candidate for Governor Bill Igo is planning to file legislation to disqualify President Biden from the ballot. He claims the president has given aid and comfort to our enemies and allowed more than 8 million people across the border illegally. This left fight's getting a little more interesting. That's a KMOV report. Um, kind of following up on Congressman Bost, who was with us at 125, talking about Illinois, saying they're going to keep Trump off the ballot. I wanted to invite our friend Mark Reardon into the studio. Mark, thanks for being in here with us. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. How are we doing in here? Doing okay. Pay no attention to Ryan Wiggins, who was massively confused when you walked in. Typically, the that's my, uh, you know, <laughs> method of approach with Wiggins for sure. No, he confused me and I confused him. I walked in here. He just thought I was just, you know, maybe I stroked out and came in here confused. early or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be out of the question. Uh, I wanted to give you, and I'm going to talk to Mark Cox about doing this as well on Mondays, an opportunity to give us a little bit of Missouri insight because you guys cover it the best in the entire city when it comes to knowing what's going on in Missouri and locally. So I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity to tell me this is a very big year election wise for the state of Missouri. And you're covering it. What? Where do you have your attention squarely focused right now? Well, I mean, my, my focus really is on on more national races and trying to hold the Senate in the House for Republicans. And Missouri tends to be, you know, a bit of a nightmare when it comes to some of the politics. And we're going to have Nick Shore on a little bit later today because they have come up with a conservative caucus, a freedom caucus yeah. in the state house. Uh, you know, I get frustrated just because I want them to get certain things done in the legislature. And they have these splits in particular on the Senate side. And it gets a little crazy. You know, I'll just use one issue that's near and dear to my heart, and it's sports wagering. You have it in Illinois. We cannot get it done here in Missouri, and I think it's just a joke. Uh, the other thing that came up last week, Annie, is this District 3 race, which we didn't know we were going to have one in the Missouri Congressional District that Blaine Lukemeyer holds right now. And that's a weird district. You know, it goes back to um, when I was starting in politics in the 1980s. 
It was the ninth congressional district that extended from Boone County up into Hannibal, uh-huh. et cetera. And then they've changed these things over the decades. This is a district that cuts uh, into Boone County, half of Boone County, up into St. Charles, winds around St. Louis County, goes into Jeffco. And Blaine says last week he's not going to run for re-election. That opened that seat up. I'm going to ask Senator Shore if he's going to run. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Coleman was on my roundtable on Friday. She announced on the show that yeah. she is in. But there will not be a lack of candidates. And by the way, there will not be a lack of candidates, Annie, who don't live in the district because seemingly everyone who's come forward does not live in the, live in the district, but you don't have to, which sure. I think is a little weird. Yeah, it is kind of bizarre, you'd think. This. But I'll tell you, living in the state of Illinois, when it comes to gerrymandering districts, they certainly have done everything they can to get the seats for the Democrats as secure as they can. So they draw people out of districts purposely and intentionally, and the district isn't necessarily representative of a collection of people. It's representative of the votes that they're trying to get. Well, I think that that certainly uh, does happen. In this particular case, I am assured, you never can be sure, that this is a pretty safe Republican district. Yeah. So at least we, we would hope that. But I don't. I couldn't even, if you ask me who's going to win that, I have no idea. Andre's going to get in. It looks like um, Mary Elizabeth, Tim Jones's name has been mentioned. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it will be very curious to see how that shapes up. The, the state of Missouri, I can remember back to the Obama election years. It's a purple state. Um, doesn't seem like that at all anymore right now. Think about how much we have come in. I came back here in 2006 and I had to relearn Missouri politics because I was here from 80 until 96. And yeah, you just look at Claire McCaskill and she would be, the way that Claire handled herself back then, she would be a complete outlier. Of course, now she's changed her stripes maybe to what she was always Mm -hmm. as a progressive on MSNBC, cashing the check over there. But it is different. The the makeup of the state is very different than when I came back, certainly in 2006. uh, Holly is up, right, for re-election? Yes, I think we're fine there. I don't. I, I would not expect any difficulties there whatsoever. Although, you know, the other thing that's going to happen is this this abortion issue is going to get on the ballot. So that's going to, you know, move some people to the polls. But I wouldn't expect that he'd be in jeopardy. It's still a solidly red state. I know you got to run here. But the other thing is, is it Missouri is doing a caucus this year? Is that correct? I'm, you know, they changed the whole system with the primary, and I wasn't a big fan of that yeah. with what Republicans did. I think you're correct about that, and I'm not sure I'm a big fan of it, so mm-hmm. we'll have to look into it more. It just seems like it takes, you know, well, we talk about democracy all mm-hmm. the time, at least Biden does. That, that seems like it limits the uh, potential for participation. What do you got on the show today? Well, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Nick Shore. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But look, there's this thing that came out on Friday with the list of 20 priorities where the Ram settlement money, 250000 I'm sorry, $250 million mm-hmm. could go. Not in one of those 20 items is the word safety mentioned. It's utterly ridiculous. The other thing is Carol Markowitz is coming up from the New York Post in the first hour, and she's been great on Claudine Gay on the border. And interesting little tidbit today, a fellow radio person, Annie, has come down with COVID after protecting himself with a mask since the very beginning. He's shocked that he got COVID. <laughs> it's Howard Stern, and we're going to talk about it. And Carol has some things to say about that. I'm so glad it's a national up. personality and not somebody in this business that we now have a beef with. Oh, like, this in is this even building. better, though. When you hear... You when you juxtapose his positions and what what Howard said in the past with yeah. where he is right now, it's pretty it's pretty entertaining. Anyway, don't that's you love all the people up. still announcing that they have COVID publicly? Like Bernie Sanders, like we cared. Yeah, I'm going to isolate. It's like announcing really? that you have diarrhea. We don't need to know. We don't need to know. You're right. All right, we'll see you at three. All right, thank you. Hey Wiggins, I'm going to come back in here at three. I just wanted you to know. Well, yeah, make sure you run that by him. Can you tell us a list of people who have diarrhea? <laughs> I'm not going to work on that one. No. <laughs> Well, that's, then I'm not listening to three. Well, that's the next. That's the next. He's not even shutting the door. He's so mad at you. That's the next uh, video to come out from the Andy Fry show is people walking around. You have diarrhea? 
<laughs> just, I just see personal confession. I see you're not wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> just ask anybody coming out of the bathroom. Uh, can I ask you why you were in there? What's going on down there? <laughs> I think you need to tell us. Will you be isolating? Isn't I noticed any... you're in there for longer than four minutes. Isn't any different? <laughs> yeah, it's different. No, it's not. If you've got diarrhea, the chances of you being contagious about something, I'd rather have COVID than the stomach <laughs> flu. Well, okay. I mean, the, the way COVID is now is we just, we name it, it feels like getting a cold, just like anything else. Which is part of my point. Yeah. I'm more curious about who's got the gastrointestinal uh, contagious situations than COVID. Man, if you get a bad stomach virus. The worst. What is worse than You question that? everything. Yes, you question whether you want to see tomorrow. Why am I here? Yes. Man, I'm so glad to hear that because I thought I was just a wuss. Well, no, that's, it's, <laughs> it's not true. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm right Ryan, in line with everybody else. I've born four children. I've born three, not in the same way as you. <laughs> but, but hey, I guess you just had to one up me. You have diarrhea? No, but I sometimes dabble. <laughs> so gross. I don't even know what that means. But, you know, when you, when you, when you, Right on the line for diabetes, you eat a lot of sugar-free candy. I've never seen Mark Reardon so back on his heels than when you go, Mark, it's two. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I he, was 10 minutes removed he had from saying, all of his hey, papers would you come in here? Like he was coming in for his show, and I thought maybe he didn't realize he was an hour early. When the show ends, we end our show at 2.56.50. That's 50 seconds. Uh-huh. This is the life that I lead. It is at least for three hours a day by the second. We... Have to hurry as fast as we can. We can settle in nice because Brian Kilmeade, um, he gets out of here real fast. <laughs> yeah, his show he's is gone. Over. He's, he's barely even yeah. here. He's like so he, busy. He, you've never noticed he was here at all. Yeah, he's so yeah. clean and just very punctual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to try to do the same thing because we want to, of course, give Mark Reardon the Brian Kilmeade treatment right. out of respect. Right. How often do you see Brian? Or how often do you see Mark Reardon casually come in here when we're doing the crossover? When we're trying to get out, I usually see him outside. Yeah, he doesn't come in here. He doesn't come in. So, but it was two oh six. So he, I thought maybe he was. He walked up to the microphone over there. I I thought when I saw him walk in that he looked a little surprised, like we were in here. You should be more concerned for his overall mental health if, <laughs> if he was just casually walking into that microphone. Yeah, you know, it's a Monday. It's the it's the first new Monday of the year. I thought maybe he was just a little off his game, but it turns out that I was. Do you have diarrhea? Like I said, <laughs> no, but I can. But I can. But I can. <laughs> like it's a superpower. Anytime. I got a bag of sugar-free gummies. Those things can uh, give you on command what you desire. D- <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, my responsibility here is to keep this show on track. Yep. And also to sometimes live on the edge of the track. And when I see that we are veering dramatically at a sharp angle, not to ride on the tracks, but to take a right angle off. I got to quickly go, how are we going to get this back on track? And so then I come up with an idea, and then you say something like that. Well, you can say whatever you want, but I guarantee you that now for the next hour, I'm going to be thinking about, and he said diarrhea. <laughs> this is... <laughs> and I'm just going to be laughing. going to impact you that much? Yeah. I enjoy it. Diarrhea? Not diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. 
Where are you where are you going, fearless leader? I don't know. I'm trying to think of I'm kind of right now thinking about hanging you out to dry. Do you want to do the videos where we walk up to people coming out of the bathroom? Because I'm totally into that as long as I'm not the not the one standing there doing it. <laughs> Pretty sure that you're gonna find out wherever the HR department is located after that. Well, we wouldn't go in the bathroom. That would be inappropriate. Leah? No. <laughs> Can you stand outside the bathroom? No. And just ask people why they were in there so long? No. Leah, you could tell him. With no. a stopwatch. <laughs> With a stopwatch. Hey, that clocked in at uh, eight minutes and 42 mm-hmm. seconds. It's a long Were you on your phone, or was that like some <laughs> gastrointestinal problems? Do not do that, Leah. Leah, it's okay if you do, though. <laughs> She's in the chat. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just two letters. N-O. Some Gen Z job seekers are bringing mom and dad to interviews, and it's turning off employers. Well, no sugar, Sherlock. <laughs> Can you really? imagine being in an interview with someone and mom and dad show up? What? No. What? What? I mean, unless it's your very first job and you couldn't drive there yet. That's the only circumstance Stay I Stay in the find. car. You don't go in. Well, that's true, too. That's uh, true, too. Although, a la the First Amendment and free speech, people saying hateful or really stupid, loud things, don't you want to kind of know that that's where people are coming from as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Isn't it better when they, you don't find out later a little bait and switch? Like if an, if an employee is bringing mom and dad into the interview, isn't it like, I mean, for me, thank you. Oh, because you found out that this guy's or girl is going to be a problem. It's not going to be a problem. Not going <laughs> to no, be my because problem. They're, yeah, so they wouldn't be hired. Business Insider says employers are going to great lengths to avoid hiring fresh college graduates and are instead trying to win over older professionals with more benefits and higher salaries, according to a survey, Intelligent, an online magazine focused on student life, commissioned a, a pollfish survey of 800 managers, directors, and executives involved in hiring in the U.S. in December. It found that 39% of the employers said they avoided hiring college graduates for positions they were eligible for in favor of older candidates. This is quite a turn from what people have been complaining about for maybe the last 20 years, that aging people can't get jobs that they're very qualified for. The survey suggested employers were favoring older workers partly because young professionals weren't making a great impression on hiring managers during job interviews. More than half of the employers said young recruits struggled to make eye contact during the interview, and 50% said they asked for unreasonable compensation. That eye contact thing is something that is very heavily, I mean, that's a very specific way of framing it, but the the digital uh, technological impact that children have as they are growing up in social situations so often given a device that they can use to occupy their time and they are not made they're not made to feel uncomfortable and have to persevere through that uncomfortable nature and they also aren't made to speak to people with a common level of social I'm going to say decency. I'm not saying that they're being indecent. They're just not being taught how to do it or that it's necessary. That's completely correct. Part of your job as a parent now in 2024 is to train your kids to have some social skills. Because if you don't, if you just kind of take a hands-off approach, which in the past you could, but now if you do, the digital stuff takes over and the kids, they talk, they don't even talk to each other in person anymore. They just talk through apps and stuff. And so that that person-to-person contact is gone. Almost half said they showed up in inappropriate attire and nearly 20%, one in five, said they even brought a parent to the job interview. That is weird. One in five. 20% of applicants Can were bringing their we parents. we have Mr. Wiggins come to, like, your job review? 
<laughs> and can we do it on the air? Mr. Wiggins listens a lot. Hi. But I don't know if Mr. Wiggins would ever set foot in here. Well, it's because he's a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wiggins as in my dad, not me. Well, you can call me Ryan. <laughs> Mr. Wiggins is my dad. Right, going into an Can interview. you imagine going to an interview and being like, hey, Dad, will you come? No. It's absurd. Of course not. It's absurd. Especially My, not. Now I can't imagine doing that as a kid. I don't know what these parents who are going on these job interviews, I can only assume that the parents are there to advocate for their kids, but I don't think we were raised by a generation of parents who would advocate for us. They'd be like, what do you want to know about all the bad stuff they do? Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, they don't clean their room. They leave wet towels on the floor. They take showers forever and waste a bunch of water. They don't clean up after themselves in the kitchen and they like to sleep in. Hire them if you want. Or, or what kind of job are you applying for that you, as a parent, think, I should probably be there to make sure they're okay? Like, oh, this place is only open from midnight to 4 a.m. I think I should be there for that interview. If you are if you are working on a worker's permit because you are 14 and you are going to work at like a landscaping company moving sod from this pallet to that pallet or something like that, and, and your parent needs to drive you there— and you are a minor to that extent, maybe. But, I, I mean, one in five. Yeah, if that it was incredible. .05, I'd say, ah, oh, it's probably the really young kids. Or maybe it's one, a scenario 20%. where the person isn't <laughs> getting text messages right now. <laughs> Uh, these bosses seem to be employing several tactic tactics to attract older professionals, with 60% saying they were offering more benefits, 59% saying they were offering higher salaries, 48% saying they were offering remote or hybrid working opportunities, and 46% saying they were willing to hire overqualified candidates. Young professionals also appear to have a reputation for being difficult to work with. Nearly two-thirds of employers said they thought recent college graduates were entitled and frequently unable to handle their workload. At least 58% said they would get offended too easily and were unprepared for the workforce. The survey suggested that this included an inability to take feedback and poor communication skills. I don't think that that description of young people is probably any different than it ever has been for young people. I think that technology has probably made it more difficult socially for people to interact in a human-to-human -human situation. But I also think that most jobs don't require nearly as much human to human i mean if you're in the service industry or something like that maybe but like we don't see many people at work we talk to a lot of people through technology but we don't see nearly as many people as we communicate with and the idea that that there is a little bit of entitlement and a little bit of sensitivity i think the difference here is not that that's how young people feel i think the sensitivity problem that we have right now is that our culture doesn't allow us now to get them past that hump uh -huh. the way we were made to get past that hump as older millennials mm. and certainly Gen X. I mean, Gen X is very, very proud of their, they're kind of that sandwich generation uh -huh. where they're not the boomers, they're not the millennials, they're just putting their head down there to get the job done. And boomers, of course, raised by the greatest generation. Like, I don't think it's like kids these days. I think it's always been kids at that age, but we don't get to say, knock it off anymore. Yeah, across the board, not just with this issue, but with so many, we say, well, how can I make you feel better instead of get over it? Get the job done, and then we'll be happy. Yeah. 
if if you are a hiring manager or ever have hired somebody and have been in that situation, I have got to hear why that happened. Why a parent came with the there person you're trying to hire. There are circumstances where it would be understandable based on the applicant and the needs of the job. But it is not one in five. It can't, yeah, that's, it can't be. I would, I would love to hear. At Andy Fry Show on Twitter, at Radio Wiggins, at Range Brad. Or just comment on the YouTube, which is where we, we can too. pop those comments up. Let's take a quick break. More Andy Fry Show around the corner. Let's discuss this again. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but we need your vote in the YouTube live chat poll. So if you've got a circumstance like what we were talking about, leave a comment with us. We'd love to hear it. And on the YouTube live chat poll, who will win the Iowa caucus? Trump, DeSantis, Haley, or someone else? Brad and I had different answers to that question. We'll see what Ryan has to say when we come back as well. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. We were talking about this uh, this article that was saying that uh, Gen Zers are bringing their parents to their job interviews. One in five of them. I, I don't have a, well, I can have a poker face, but it's not my default. My face generally will react in a way that says as much as the words that I'm saying uh, would would say. If I were doing an interview and an applicant came in with their parent, I wouldn't be able to hold that face in. What would you do, laugh? No, I think I would just, like, stare. Squint a little bit? <laughs> no. <sighs> I don't know. I just am at... Working in radio creates a different type of uh, time sensitivity... Mm-hmm. Then, not every other job. I mean, if you're working in the medical profession and you're in emergency services, you probably know it times, you know, ten from what from what we do here. But we do have three minutes in between breaks to if we have to get something done or whatever to get to the point. So you just learn to be direct, and that's how you communicate. And so that sometimes that bleeds out into my life where I'm just super direct about things. And I just think if I were sitting there and somebody came in. I would just be like, who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> it might be the best way to lead, though. Son, I don't think you want to work for a place like this. And I'd be like, she's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and who is this? Your mother? 
my and my agent. <laughs> you thought this was a good idea? Gen Z though is how old is the oldest of Gen Z right now? Well, I think millennials are thirty. So Gen Z could be in their twenties, yeah, late twenties, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh man, okay. I mean, so. applying for real life jobs, not cashiering. And... Right, right. You I... work with some Gen Zers. A lot of them. Let's talk. You know what Generation Alpha is? We're raising them. Yes, I do. Yahoo has a story that says why Generation Alpha kids are being compared to the honey badger. What's the honey badger thing? Uh, that was a viral video yeah, that was, was YouTube video. in the early days of the internet. I think it was a guy talking about a honey badger. Like, he was doing sort of fake nature commentary, but he was doing it in a way that made you think, this guy's never even been outside before. Was it Snoop Dogg? Have you ever seen him do animal videos? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sounds good. It's it's totally worth the Google. <laughs> have you heard, Have you seen them? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, they are so funny. I digress. Yahoo says Holly Bennett's five year old isn't scared of zombies, towering playground structures, or giant animals. She also can't watch the movie Benji without crying out of love for the titular dog. And once attempted to resuscitate a dead mouse, the cat killed. Described by Bennett as fiery and radiating main character energy. <laughs> What phrase? MCE. Uh, with, yeah, that sounds almost familiar. With a level of confidence that could be considered delusional. MB is what her mom and other parents recognize as a generation alpha honey badger. Renowned for its tenacity. <laughs> Man, we just suck. Honey badgers had nothing to do with anything until that video. Renowned for its tenacity, the actual honey badger is an animal with a reputation for confronting almost any other species when there's no chance of escape. That just sounds stupid. Delusional, yeah. I guess, is the correct word. Regardless of the adversary size or strength on TikTok, parents are sharing viral stories and videos of their Gen Alpha kids, those born in 2010 or later. Channeling the honey badger as they stand up to injustices and take a no holds barred approach to disrespect. Except for in the honey badger's uh, example, that could cause them death. A no holds barred approach to disrespect for Generation Alpha? As if the number one thing that you could teach your child is to stand up to anybody, anytime, anywhere, anything. When there's a sign of disrespect, like if that bear is disrespecting you, you tell them what's up. Yeah. You say, I'm Gen Alpha, and I'm a freaking honey badger, and then he eats you. <laughs> God dang it, people. Yeah, I think the mo- more important than the respect thing is to teach your kids how to not be eaten by bears. Yes. <laughs> like You see a bear. Lesson number one, yeah. child, bear. There's one of two things. Scary. You could do. One of them is throw your sandwich at it and run. The other one is get real big, <laughs> act real big. All right, small child of mine. Don't. Isn't what? that what they say about bears? I think it depends on the bear. It depends on the bear. Mm, okay. Which sounds like you need to do more research. <laughs> I guess I do. I've not, I've not prepared my kids well. I did teach them the sandwich. I wasn't thing, though. talking about the preparation of your children. <laughs> I'm talking about your safety, sir. I get lost in the woods a lot too. <laughs> I thought it was in the weeds. How do you get no. lost in the woods? What are you doing that you go in the woods? Oh, I'll just be following a drone. <laughs> and there I go. He's out there looking at the drone. What? Isn't it not true that we have forgotten the value of fear? But like innate biological fear. Uh-huh. No, this sounds to me like you're just swinging the pendulum too far in the other direction again. Because our kids yeah. are, and kids in general at this age, 
like we just talked about, they don't have social skills. They don't, they don't know how to communicate with people. So we're teaching them, well, why don't you just go be bold then? No, why don't you just teach them to have normal social skills? <laughs> like talking what? about the, I, what did they say here? Tall ladders and giant animals and stuff. It, you're not doing your child a favor by saying, you take on that tall ladder. You go as high as you can. <laughs> Stand on the top and do it on one foot. At least they're teaching them to climb the ladder. Because I think one of the things we're also teaching kids is that they can just start at the top. <laughs> they put them on the top of the ladder yeah. and say, look, at you, look what you look did, Look what child. you've done. Amazing. All of these things have to self-correct. It's, you know, for instance, an example, car seats. Car seats. Have you ever seen pictures of yourself in a car seat? Recently. You were recently in a car seat? <laughs> Five-point harness? Yes. No, of course not. I'm making a joke. I have seen those pictures before. They're basically like, they, they look like high chairs that uh -huh. have the legs cut off. They just like slide you in. I don't know what the purpose was. Oh, you mean old car seats? Like when we were kids? Not if it was one, if I said, have you ever seen a picture of you in a car seat? I thought it was understood that I meant when you were a child. I understand now. And the answer is no, I haven't. I think I just rode in the back of the El Camino. <laughs> I, rem I remember in preschool standing on the on the bench seat in my grandpa's pickup truck next to him. So standing in the middle talking to him while we're driving into preschool. Totally normal. Totally yeah. normal. Station wagons. Yep. Facing uh, backwards. Do you guys ever l lay on the back deck yeah. of the of the car and when the car'd stop, you'd roll down the, in the back seat? Yes. This is things we that we did. You ride in the back of the truck. But here's the thing. People will say, you know, all these newfangled car seats and blah, blah, blah. I didn't ride in a car seat when I am when I was a kid and I'm fine. But here's the thing. There are a lot of kids who weren't fine. Yeah, those kids are no longer adults around to tell us that. And that's, a sa <laughs> I mean, it really is like a sad part of that story. And it's not an intellectually honest thing to say that because you didn't ride in a car seat when you were a kid, that car seats are not necessary for children. Yeah. And that's always that argument. I ate fruit roll-ups every single day of my entire life, and I'm still here. Yeah, and if you were raised in the 80s and the 90s like we were, you ate basically nothing that wasn't processed for uh -huh. 25 years. That's correct. And then someone, thank God for Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. I would have known. Because like, even even our Republican president, George H.W. Bush, was like, get rid of the broccoli. Mm -hmm. That's like all I remember from 90s politics. Yeah, That and, and something broccoli. about a blue dress and a mm -hmm. cigar. But when you, when you are... <laughs> When you maintain, are, maintain. when you are working through the lessons that we learn societally, it's good to say, you know what? I don't have to really fear putting my kid in the car because they have a car seat. It's going to keep them safe. So you adapt and you develop over the course of time. You evolve with the lessons that you learn. So you can't say that like kids these days suck because they're not kids from my day. You have to understand and embrace the times change. Things are invented and it changes the game. But the, the idea that your kid is going to be the one who is going to change the world, it, your kid's probably not going to change the world. Maybe the county. Not the world. Hopefully they change St. Clair County. St. Clair County. Your kid's got a lot of work. That'd be great. St. <laughs> Clair County's on the men. They're doing okay. I know. I'm, I'm looking for a kid to come along and push it over the top. <laughs> right from on top of the ketchup bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's Madison, but it's very close. It's very, it's very, very close. right on the line. I was sitting here thinking, are you in Madison or St. Clair? I'm real close. I I don't understand though this this idea that we would take away 
the Darwin Award, the um, man versus nature lessons that will, like, as much as we want to challenge what the science, capital T-S, says, there's still biological, natural things that are going to correct the course of this over the course of time. Why would you throw your kid into the mix of that? By removing every obstacle for them, like we talked about in the last segment, and trying to bulldoze everything for your children. And then also prioritize these sort of agendas. And it happens on the left and the right. It is a political thing. It's not adjacent to just one particular political ideology. But the idea of using children to try to combat injustices, like raise your kids right. And then the injustices will go away with new generations. It's it's so amazing to watch kids play. And if skin color comes up, they get it. Mm-hmm. We screw them up by pushing in front of them things that they have to learn it. It's not a nature thing. It is absolutely a nurture thing. And and more from, from Yahoo here. Laura Luray, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner credited with Popularizing the term honey badger on TikTok says she began noticing behavioral patterns online in, and in her everyday work. There was something that was so different about them. I just couldn't ignore it. She says she lifted the moniker from the viral honey badger don't care meme, which gained fame in a 2011 YouTube video. The crazy something honey badger. I can't read that on the air. The video blended National Geographic footage with irreverent uh, narration recounting the animal's carefree adventures, including invading beehives and fighting jackals. Raising honey badger kids presents challenges given their tendency to question authority and exhibit strong-willed behavior. I've talked about being, I'm in this Facebook group and it's like parenting in a tech world. And one of the things that comes up so consistently And they're talking about nine-year-olds, sometimes younger, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, whatever, 13-year-olds. And they keep saying, we live in a technological world. I want my kids to question rules. I want my kids to learn to question authority. And so they don't want to provide the parameters for these kids in, in that specific instance that limit their access. And the entire predication on all of that is this idea that they want their kids to be able to question things. And I'm like, they get to be kids this for this long. And when you take away as a parent your responsibility to be the only authority in their life that's supposed to love them so hard that you're willing to ruin their day or their week or their year or what they think is their life because you've pulled a restriction back on them, that you're the only one who cares that much about their childhood and protecting it. And I really feel like that mentality, which I see in that in that group and other places of, Constantly pushing your kid to like stand up and, and do this whole protest culture thing. It's such, it's, <laughs> they're kids. It's man. totally true. And it's a much better point. If you're going to take a point from this segment, take that one, not this one that I want to make before the end of the segment. Here we go. You can start the music. Which is <laughs> that if we were riding upside down in bench seats when we were kids, which we were, now you're going to tell me that my car seat is expired? <laughs> they can expire. Give me a freaking break. You don't believe in expired car seats? No. Oh, I do. Not at all. That car seat was fine for that kid. Oh, but now it's 2024. It's not fine for your next one. Okay. Yeah, I definitely believe you, big car seat. I'm going to not endorse Ryan Wiggins' statement there and say, abide by that. And go to your fire department. Did you know they'll install car seats for you and check them to make sure that they're in and safe?
That's my PSA. Please hit the dump button on Ryan's last statement. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't go away. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. Our YouTube live chat poll for today is who will win the Iowa caucus on the Annie Fry YouTube channel. We're broadcasting live here as we are, of course, on the radio, 97.1 FM Talk and the Odyssey app. And you can go to the YouTube page and on our live broadcast, there's a chat box there that you can look into and a poll on top of it. And you can tell us, do you think it's going to be Trump, DeSantis, Haley or someone else? I'm looking right now at the RCP. That's the Real Clear Politics um, Averages here for the 2024 Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus. The average percentages for the candidates, um, Trump, 51.3%, DeSantis, 18.6%, Haley, 16.1%, Ramaswamy, 5.9%, Christie, 37 and Asa Hutchinson, 0.7%. What do you think, Ryan? Well, I'm going all in with Hutchinson. Okay, that's good. It's got to be a 0.7% somewhere. Uh, no, no, I, I kind of ranked these in reverse order. I would put them, as far as our poll goes, with Haley at the bottom, least likely to win among our, these four. Then DeSantis, then someone else, then Trump. Uh, just because I think Iowa is very You think that rebellious. someone else is going to come in in second place? I could see somebody like a Ramaswamy or somebody, somebody completely out of left field taking Iowa just because it's happened in the past. Somebody that nobody thought was possible to win Iowa just because they do that. They love picking weird candidates uh, with the way they caucus where they can see each other. That will have a random candidate gain momentum a lot of times. So it's, it's a strange system and it sometimes produces strange results. But your so vote is Trump. My vote is still that I think Trump will win though. Brad. Yeah, I'm still Ron DeSantis. I think he's going to win. I'm going. I'm going all in. Chips how, down. How earth shattering in the political landscape would it be if Ron DeSantis somehow wins? It would change the dynamic going forward for sure. He would be the de facto number two to Trump. That and people would assume he was the only one that could beat him. Then I do think it's interesting, even outside of Donald Trump's enormous lead, to see how Iowans shake out the DeSantis Haley question. They're very, very different candidates, mm-hmm. but they're both successful Republican governors. 
And they have different reasons for being attractive to uh, Republican voters. So I am most excited in all of this to get some actual hard facts to these very, very drawn out, worn out polls that we constantly have to look at and assume that there's some truth to it. And (laughs) we've, we've seen over and over and over again, wow, the polls really miss this one. If the polls really got it right, that would be a headline because that's not the case. That's not the traditional um, expectation anymore since pretty much before 2016. I don't even know in 2014, was that what, was that the shellacking year? Was that when Obama said, I think that was when Obama said it was shellacking, unless it was 2010. 2010. I know 20, well, I know 2010 was, was enormous. But uh, it seems as though we're not, it seems as though our focus and our polls doesn't have us paying attention to the right things, which is what frustrates me about polls so much because they're used as, inf- they're not used to inform, they're used to influence. Uh, Fox Business, their poll says Trump's at 52 percent and has DeSantis at 18, Haley at 16, which is very similar to the average. The best this is is ironic. Maybe not. The best that Trump does in the polls that are averaged here is the CBS News poll has Trump at 58, DeSantis at 22, Haley at 13. The um, Iowa State Civics poll has Trump at 54, DeSantis 17, Haley at 15. Uh, The lowest Haley gets is 13. The highest she gets is 19. And the lowest Trump gets is 45. The Trafalgar group poll says Trump 45, DeSantis 22, Haley 19. If that's the way it shook out, 45, 22, and 19, is that a story or is that status quo? Yeah, I think that's still status quo. Mm-hmm. DeSantis or somebody would have to make it pretty close with Trump for it to be a story. Within 10, I would say. Within yeah. 10 is probably knocking on the door of, oh, there's something there. That there's a legit, yeah. especially if you consider being within 10, if it were DeSantis or Haley being within 10, the argument that if the other drops out, they have somebody who can beat Trump. Yes. So, I to, and gosh, I probably would say Super Tuesday is as far as any of these candidates should take it. Mm-hmm. I understand taking it past Iowa, although I am, if if the poll, if the actual results from Iowa come out as demonstrative as these polls are, the sooner these other candidates get out, the better, in my opinion. They need to stop attacking each other and start attacking the actual opponent, which is the left. Yeah, if you're if you're a person who wants to vote for anybody but Trump, the faster this field can winnow the better for you, uh, the the more candidates stay, the better for Trump. So Brad and I will be here next Monday to cover the Iowa caucus. And we are excited to be doing a live show on Martin Luther King Day. So please keep uh, keep that on your calendar and join us for that extra special coverage during our normal hours. It's a, it's a holiday, so there will be a lot of people who take that day off. We're going to be here to make sure you get some live coverage that day. Today's YouTube live chat poll, one week out, who will win the Iowa caucus? Haley, 2%. Someone else, 5%. DeSantis, this might shock you, 8%. Oh, really? Trump, 85%. Wow, yeah. I think our audience is pretty comfortable with the idea of a Donald Trump victory in Iowa next week. You're going to want to keep it here on 97.1 FM Talk as we continue to cover this. And as we heard from Mark Reardon at the beginning of this hour, 
Interesting conversations ahead with Nick Schroer, among other folks. So don't go away. Mark Reardon, up next. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 